Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me today on Babe, where I'm going to take a lighthearted look at death. <laughs> uh, it almost sounds really funny when you say it, right? A lighthearted look at death. So I wasn't going to do this topic. I've been thinking about it for three weeks. And I was like, no, it's too, it's too heavy. It's too, nobody wants to talk about this. Who wants to listen to this? And then yesterday, a friend of ours texted um, that he had a crazy day <laughs> and that one of his coworkers dropped dead walking into work yesterday, dropped dead at the door, like opened the door and then dropped dead or dropped dead in front of a closed door. Was he... Uh, carrying a briefcase. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, I didn't look into it too much. Uh, like, tell me the details. But it it, it prompted me to uh, decide that I was going to take my my time today and really we're going to really work on this um, this whole death thing. Death, uh, even the word. So yeah, I am trigger warning. We're I'm going to talk about death a little bit. And how fucking afraid of dying I am. I, I know that there's uh, two schools of thought out there. One is uh, my school of thought, which is death. I'm death phobic. Um, all I think about all day long is how much I don't want to die and how I don't want any of my loved ones to die. And how will I die? How old will I be when I die? What's going to happen to me when I die? Is there a heaven? These are the thoughts as I'm sipping my Starbucks drink and looking calm, I'm really thinking about all the, what would be a worse way to die? Would it be drowning, burning? Um, yeah. So, and then there's people who are like fine with it. And so I want to explore both of those things, but I'm not fine with it. And what, what prompted me to, what really pushed me over the death edge was that, was that Peter Tork from The Monkees died. I loved Peter Tork. Oh, he was my darling. When I was uh, probably 15, MTV started replaying the monkeys. And everybody has their favorite monkey, right? If they're a girl or gay. <laughs> I don't think straight men have a favorite monkey. But like I remember my friend Janelle saying, I was more of a Davy girl. I can't hear a, a guy, uh, just a heterosexual man saying that. But uh, everybody had their favorite. Was anybody's favorite Mike Nesmith, though? If so, uh, leave a comment because I want to know why. He just, just didn't seem to be into it. He had all that whiteout money. Um, Davey obviously was the, the fan favorite, but Peter was just so aw shucksy and guileless and, and childlike and silly and probably high the, the entire filming. It, it only ran for two years, but, but Peter Tork was my guy. I loved Peter Tork. I was desperate to see him like remotely shirtless in those two years. Like there was like one time they were at the beach wearing like like 1920s style bathing suits and my, my heart went wild for Peter Tork. So 15 year old me loving Peter Tork, who would never die. What, what kind of world do we live in where Peter Tork dies? So now Peter Tork is set like almost my dad's age, uh, 75 or six, and he dies. And I'm at lunch with my coworkers, and uh, my coworker Sue goes, "Oh my, Peter Tork is dead." 
So the, just I could still hear. I remember where I was when I heard the news. Peter Tork is dead. And it reminded me of um, a time that we were all in New York City getting ready to go out. Uh, and all of our friends had traveled together. And uh, it was the it was the night Whitney Houston died. And um, I had TMZ on my I have TMZ on my phone for all the latest news. And uh, it came through Whitney Houston. It said Whitney Houston D.E. <laughs> and then the rest of it was cut off. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god! Whitney Houston de, de, defies gravity. Whitney Houston de, delivers food. Whitney Houston dead. I'm like, oh my god, you guys! Whitney Houston is dead. And my friend Alicia's like, what the fuck do you have on your phone that this just came through? Like www.whothefuckdeadnow.com. Yeah, th- that's what I have, and so does my coworker because Peter Tork is dead. And then so I I. It ruined my day. I didn't cry. I didn't cry like when Mary Tyler Moore died um, or B. Arthur. Let's not even go there. But I was really sad, like a heavy, I have a heavy heart, right? Peter Tork is dead. And then Catherine Hellman died, and she was 89. But when you look at Catherine Hellman, she shouldn't die. She's not like the type of person that would die. Um, and then, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. But then um, Luke Perry died. And then it, a generation of, of uh, 40-something women who, and men who uh, just absolutely fell out for Luke Perry uh, are, are just mourning their, their fake ex-boyfriend or their, their secret ex-boyfriend. And um, yeah, so people die all the time. Did, did you know that? I can't even cope with that idea. And I know I sound really ridiculous, but it just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Let me do the research for you, babe. 105 people die every minute uh, that passes. And uh, that's two people per second. One, two people are dead. (laughs) Two, two more people are dead. Three, now six people are dead. So it's right. It's crazy. Um, as opposed to babies being born, which is kind of a, a fun thing, 240 babies are born uh, every minute. So that's also fucked up, but that's a different podcast. So so let's take a look at what does this mean? So someone's alive, right? They're alive. They're warm. They blink. They're, they talk. They're happy. They dance. They perform. They love. They procreate. They, they walk to the front door of their work. And then they're dead. So that means that uh, they're not alive anymore. <laughs> they uh, don't breathe. They, they turn cold. They are, um, you can never talk to them again. It, it doesn't make any sense. So what is it in us that creates this magical life force that can just go away? Like what started it and then what stops it? It's just, it's just mind fucking boggling. And I think about this all the time. Like, um, you know, when you when you realize that the people, these people aren't here anymore. Like if you look at footage from 100 years ago, um, that probably not one person in this in this little clip of like New York City in 1905, none of them are here anymore. And in 100 years, none of us will be here anymore. We won't be here anymore. It's just totally fucked up. Um, so I, I think about this a lot, like what what keeps us going you know obviously our hearts are beating our brains work but how is it electronic like 
<laughs> fucking no. Is it magic? Is it witchcraft? I don't know. But I, I like to be alive. I do. Even on my worst day. Even on days I want to be dead. I want to be alive. <laughs> Does that make sense? So, uh, so Peter Tork is no longer alive. He's gone, everybody. And when you die, horrible things happen to your body. We'll get to that in a minute. But I want to introduce you. I wish to Jesus she was here. She's not. But uh, uh, to a person named Caitlin, with a C, Dowdy, D-O-U-G-H-T-Y. She runs a website called The Order of the Good Death. And it's to uh, help people. I'm going to read this to you. Uh, the order is about making death a part of your life, starting, staring down your death fears, whether it be your own death, the death of those you love, the pain of dying, the afterlife or lack thereof. Grief, corpses, bodily de- decomposition, or all of the above. Accepting that death itself is natural, but the death anxiety of modern culture is not. So that's true. I remember my dad one time, somebody had died, and I was very upset. He's like, well, we're all born to die. <laughs> Thanks, tough guy. Yeah, we're all born to die. Right. The minute we're born, we're on our way to dying. So if it's that natural, why does it feel so fucking weird? And Why can't I embrace it? I don't. So, uh, so Caitlin has uh, a YouTube uh, show uh, called Ask a Mortician. And Caitlin is really, she's very hip. Bee stung lips, painted on brows, um, bangs. She's very Betty Page. And uh, she has also written a book called Smoke's, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes, Tales from the Crematorium. And uh, so um, obviously because I'm so afraid of it, I'm also like fascinated and sort of obsessed with it. So I started watching her her YouTube. Uh, they're short. They're five, ten minutes long. Uh, and then I bought the book. And the book is great. Uh, I've read it twice. I actually read it in preparation for doing this. And then I decided I wasn't going to do this because no one wants to talk about death. And then I decided because that guy dropped out at the door last yesterday that I'm going to do it. So I did reread the book and she talks about, you know, um, strange American customs, like how we handle death in the United States and we try to sanitize it and um, how we try and, you know, embalm it and, and put pink light bulbs in torchier lamps and, and have lots of flowers and canned music and uh, the, the sign-in book. Um, I, I've gone to a million wakes and I feel like my mom, being a little Sicilian woman, she kind of, she looks, I don't think she looks forward to wakes, but she doesn't hate them. I'll tell you that. We went to a wake and her voice will, will quiver, but and she'll tell me all the people she saw. And it was so, so nice to see this person and, and she's going to have lunch with this person. And so, um, and I've seen my mother make this sad face at the wake that kind of like, I'm going to do it right now. You're, you're the ends of your, your mouth is pursed shut and your, your, um, brow is furrowed and your, the ends of your mouth kind of go down. Like I, I understand someone has died and I've seen her, you know, guide people to the guest book. My mother loves wakes. I remember saying it once like you you like it here. Ugh. But um, going up to the body is always something that I uh, was forced to do as a child and fucking scared me to death. Um, it's just it's just not normal. This this waxen figure that you see there. And I'm not going to get into it now. Trigger warning. But if you want to read uh, Smoke, It's in Your Eyes, Tales from the Crematorium, uh, the, the, the embalming process is described in rich detail. 
And let me, public record, I will never be embalmed. No, 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 no. Uh, I want sort of a Tibetan burial where you bring my body up to a, a high Tibetan mountain and then vultures pluck away at my remains and carry them high into the sky gloriously. I want to be... I want to be flying over high over Tibet in the mouth of a vulture. Tibetan burial. I'm saying it now. Uh, so, but yeah, funerals and wakes and 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 standing there and and greeting people and it's just it's no one knows what to say and um, you know God forbid there's an unembalmed body, which is also a thing. Um, maybe a viewing and then a cremation. And uh, Caitlin talks a lot about her days working in the, in a crematorium and uh, how you know it was sort of a a, a sacred. Uh, task to be pressing the button to start the machine, the, 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 I forgot what it's called, the giant machine uh, that cremates a person and how some families chose to press the button uh, for their loved one and not just have a stranger do it. And that poses the question, who's, who presses the button? Who's going to press the button for me? Um, I, is it Jackson? Is he going to press the button? I told my parents I'd press their buttons. I've been trying to talk them out of being, uh, having, and uh, being embalmed and, and being laid out to terrify one and all. Um, uh, and I think it worked. I think that they have planned their funerals. I think that they're going to be, okay, so this is how it's described by my parents. Well, it's the funeral uh, is paid for, so you don't have to worry about a thing. Thanks a lot. We're going to have one night of viewing for, for family and very close friends. <laughs> so I don't know who those people are. I hope that's on a post-it somewhere. But my mom does have a funeral drawer in a filing cabinet. And in this, in this drawer um, is all the information I need to know if they both die together. I think they view themselves dying together, like in a, in a blaze of glory, in a, in a, I don't know, or in their sleep. But uh, it's um, what's to, what's to go on the prayer card. My mom has a prayer for if she dies suddenly and then a different prayer for if it's a slow death. Uh, she wants certain music. She actually told me that she wants It's a Small World <laughs> played at her funeral. And I'm going to fucking do it. I'm doing it. I'm playing It's a Small World. I'll play a, a beautiful version of it, but I really want this at my funeral. So anyway, my mom said that there's going to be a viewing, but they're not going to be embalmed. So it's just going to be their heads showing. <laughs> what the fuck is that going to look like? Just the, my mom's head shrouded in what? Silk. So guess what? I'm not going to be looking at that head. I will not be anywhere near that. No, no. Death phobic. Um, so... Just imagine that friends, or no, not friends, family and close friends, can't wait to hear who these people are, get to come and they're going to serve food, I hear. Uh, they've got this planned out. And so uh, I will not be looking at the, the, he the, the dead heads of my parents. And then, um, th so, and then the next day they're going to be cremated. And I said, I will be there. I will not let you be with a stranger. I will push the button. That's ghoulish. I'm like, oh, really? And your unembalmed head staring up into the, the heavens isn't going to scare the fuck out of everybody. So anyway, they've got it all planned out. They keep saying, you should really meet the funeral director. He's lots of fun. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. You would like him. I OK, that sounds like fun. I'll just go and, and chat it up with this guy. 
And he actually probably will, because again, horrified slash fascinated by the whole thing. Uh, so my parents are old. They're my dad's seventy eight, and my mom is eighty three, and uh, they've they've got a lot of life to live. They do, but some say it's sadder when a young person dies, and it's less sad. Like Catherine Helmond, less sad than Luke Perry very sad because he was 52 and she was 89. So people like to weigh in on how sad it is. Well, she was 89. She lived a good life. Uh, so, but again, I, I'm more prepared for the deaths of my parents uh, than I am for other deaths that I, I can't even bring myself to, to say. Let's just say the words, be careful, come out of my mouth, and I don't know if you're like this too, but it's almost like the more I say be careful, the, le- uh, the less chances someone has of uh, dying or hurting themselves. And it's really almost ridiculous. Um, so my mom st- and dad started this, mostly my mom. Just you know, be careful, honey. All right. Okay. All right. Have a good night. Be careful. All right. All right. Are you driving home now? All right. Please be careful. All right. Be careful. All right. Be careful. Bye-bye. <laughs> That's how we end a conversation. And I do the same fucking thing, especially since Eric fell down the stairs and broke his ankle. It's icy, babe. Real icy. Sheet of ice. Black ice. Okay. Icy right there. Look at that. All right. Be careful. Please be careful. All right. Be careful. When I they leave for work, Eric and Jackson leave to go to uh, UB. The be carefuls. And then I keep the phone. I usually go right back to bed. They leave at 630. And then I, I have the phone in my hand in case there's a, a hideous accident. Uh, and then I hold the phone in my hand. And if the phone rings. And once there was an accident, Eric blew a red light. And uh, thanks a lot. Uh, and he, he hit a car. And, of course, Jackson was in the car. So my worst nightmare came true at like 645 a.m. Babe, I was in an accident. Um, but I... Uh, I hold on to um, the phone and wait for it to uh, to ring, telling me that somebody has been harmed or died. And so many be carefuls. And I, I know some of you must do this. Like, the more I say be careful, the more I'm like, all right, stay safe, honey. <laughs> okay, stay safe. Yeah, good night. All right, love you too. Stay safe. Stay safe. I don't want people to die. So I've made people promise me that they're not going to die. Um, I, I can, I certainly have had Eric, a a serious talk with Eric about not dying and he was not going to die. I'll never forget. (laughs) We were watching funny girl and, uh, my friend Jimmy, who is, I mean, I'm obsessed with Barbara Streisand, but Jimmy, he, he takes it over the top and he looked at me, he goes, do you think she'll ever die? (laughs) And it's just kind of like, I don't think she will. I think there are certain people who are never going to die. Like Barbara Streisand, can you imagine that that we would have to live in a world without Barbara Streisand? Um, Every day, and I'm telling you this about myself, every day that I'm alive, I am sad that B. Arthur is gone. I can't believe that she's not here anymore. It's so unfair. It's so unfair that B. Arthur isn't here to do wonderful things, to entertain us, to give a, a quick second look, to make a, a witty comment, uh, to cut someone down, to, to donate lots of money to gay and lesbian youth. She's just not here. She's dead. D-E-D. 
A-D, dead. Who's dead? My mother, uh, I keep talking about my mom, but uh, I know that some of you might appreciate this too. When older people look at photos, especially older photos, she, she always points, she points with her middle finger, which is fucked up. It's an old people thing. And then she will point to a picture and she's like, oh, I remember this. This was out in Angola. Oh, there's Aunt Frances, deceased. And then, oh, cousin Henry's brother, deceased, deceased deceased and i actually found out my friend janelle's mom does the same thing deceased like okay we get it they're deceased you don't have to yep they hear that but here they were alive what were they like when they were alive not just their deceased um my mom's uh my grandmother's brother uh nick my great uncle nick uh died of cancer in the 40s and they laid him out at home in the living room and at the front window a home funeral this is a thing uh and people are starting to do that again but can you imagine like my mom lived in that house oh i'm sorry i'm gonna go down and get a cup of milk there's a dead body in the living room everyone oh great so uh yeah i wouldn't i would never go i'd burn the house down there was a dead body in here and so uh yeah so i'm all over the place right now but let's let's review people are born <laughs> And they've got life. They laugh. They play. They grow up. They get degrees. They change lives. They, they, um, I don't know. They, they do it all. They eat. They sleep. They walk around. Hey, look at me. I'm alive. And then something kills them. And what, what is it that makes that? And it really is a bad deal. It is. If you think of like items, like antique items that last for hundreds of years, um, I have Roseville pottery in my house, probably older than any human that's still on this planet. And why is it still good to be here? And then lively, wonderful humans have to die. Uh, what does it teach us? I have no idea. So, so we're born and then we're alive and then we aren't alive anymore. And then we're living on in the memories, right, of people. So, so when people stop talking about you, that's when you, that's, there really is a death, right? So in a hundred years, who's going to be left to talk about, babe, <laughs> who's going to be left? My own son isn't going to be alive in a hundred years. Uh, and I, so he's not going to talk about me. So maybe someone's going to find Babe on, a, on an old computer uh, and be like, oh, there was once this guy named Sean. I, am I going to die? I don't think I am. I think I'm going to live. I think I'm going to live forever. I'm not going to die um, because I'm, I don't know what happens when you die. I, I, I know people who don't believe in heaven. I know those, those sort of staunch, angry people who are like, hell is right here on earth. <laughs> And that's the voice they say it in, too. But, uh, yeah, some people think, you know, heaven and hell are right here on Earth. But really, so then what happens when you die? You just, just, it's blank. <laughs> are you reincarnated? Have any of you ever felt like you've been reincarnated? Um, I, I know you must think I'm on some sort of drug right now because I'm talking like a crazy person. But I got all revved up this morning with a podcast I'm listening to, which is called Hello Gorgeous which is basically studying the filmography of Barbra Streisand um, by a hilarious gay named Jamie Pierce. And uh, I was just listening to the one on the Prince of Tides. But, uh, but, but uh, why am I telling you that? Oh, so 
I when I listen to podcasts, I get excited to do a podcast because then I'm like feel real chatty. Plus, I'm off today. I have a day off today. It's my first sanctioned day off from Adoption Star. Um, I don't mind being at work. Like that's not a drudgery for me. But uh, having a day alone to do a podcast. Here's what I'm doing today. Let's put death on hold. <laughs> and uh, what if I died today? Wouldn't that be ironic? But let's put death on hold. Here's the the audacity, I think, of some of us, of all of us, right, to think that we're going to live forever and, and, and live, go on and on. These are my plans. And isn't that that saying, that the awful saying, like, God, we make plans, <laughs> we make plans and God laughs. Like, that's super mean. That's like a mean God. I, that's not the, my God. So, um, yeah, so God's laughing while I'm making these plans for today. So after I do this podcast, I'm going to take a shower and then I'm going to have lunch uh, at a, a little French place uh, in, uh, on Hurdle Ave in Buffalo called Camille's. And uh, I'm going to meet my friend Kelly there. And then um, I'm going to go to the Birchfield Penny Art Gallery, which I've only really been to for like a second. I, I ran into the, to the gift shop. I love a good art gallery gift shop. Uh, and then I'm going to home, come home and do some light cleaning. And then prepare a delicious dinner for my, my husband and son, carne asada, everyone. So I, I'm telling you this why. No idea. But but you think of the plans that you make, like, we're going to go to Disney in two years, or, you know, I'm saving up for college for my son, you know, to the audacity to think we're not going to open the door to our workplace and just drop dead right there. It, you just never know. You never know. So there's all these cliches that come rolling in. There's live every day as if it were your last, right? And, and hug everyone as if it's the last time you're going to see them. It's a depressing way to live. <laughs> but that's how I live. Come on, be safe. Be safe. Okay, guys, be safe. Be careful. Okay. And I watch them get in the car, and then I sort of weep silently with a handkerchief pressed to my bosom. Oh, there they go. Will they live? So back to Caitlin. So Caitlin's website, um, The Order of the Good Death, talks about examining things like being death positive. Join the movement. Um, there is a, a look at uh, the bizarre undertaking business in L.A. where, you know, the, the uh, celebrities are buried. And it's, it's one more, you know, one, one mausoleum more grand than, than the next. And that's, that's uh, actually Caitlin worked in uh, San Francisco when she started. Um, but talking about home funerals. So that's the, the bodies in your home. People will wash the body. Marie Osmond washed the body of her dead son. She talked about it on one of these talk shows. And she said it was a beautiful thing to do. What? How is that beautiful? Oh, would I think it's beautiful to do? Um, it's better than embalming. Uh, natural burial. So that's when they're really throwing your ass into the dirt. Suck it up. Green Death Technology, the Death Positive Movement, books, movies, podcasts, embalming, and then good old decomposition. So this leads me to another book. So I told, told you about Smoke Gets in Your Eyes. There's another really uh, great book that I've read a couple times, because that's just me, uh, called Stiff. Stiff by um, Mary Roach. And Stiff is a book about all the really cool things that can happen <laughs> to our bodies after we die. 
again, trigger warning if if this stuff bothers you. Listen to uh, Hello Gorgeous, the films of Barbara Streisand. Okay, uh, so the book the book covers 12 topics. The first one is practicing cosmetic surgery on cadaver heads. So uh, she walks into a room where there's a, a human head on a, on like a, uh, a table that's covered uh, that people are going to practice doing nose jobs and facelifts on, but it's just the heads. Can you fucking imagine walking into a room and being okay with the fact that there's just heads? Usually like when they do, um, uh, dissection at universities. They the face and the hands are the last. They're always covered because they're so it's so personal. But here, um, it's uh, you know it's just the heads. So that's how your plastic. Anyone heads up plastic surgery fans. Your doctor practiced on a on a cadaver head. Um, the nature of decomposition nasty. I did learn a couple. <laughs> I did learn a couple things. I thought rigor mortis was like per, like permanent. You're like stiff permanently but it it goes away uh but horrible things happen bloat liquefaction uh etc cadavers used as crash test dummies yeah that's not going to be me um you using cadavers to analyze a crash site army tests on cadavers so they would actually put a cadaver dressed in uh uh I want to say a costume. <laughs> that's not what it is. Um, in a, a suit uh, that's supposed to protect you from a, a, a bomb. Uh, one of those things you step on, the IU, IUD, whatever. Um, but to see like what it does to the body. So they're like blowing up bodies. Um, uh, being buried, oh, talking about like in the old days being buried alive. And when you're buried alive, um, you pull a rope uh, and it rings a bell. There's a, in the haunted mansion at a, um, at a major theme park, but that beloved major theme park in, in California and central Florida, also Tokyo, Shanghai, Hong Kong, Paris. Um, there's a, a ride called the haunted mansion. And uh, there's a, uh, a line where it says, give us a hint by ringing a bell. And they used to put the, the string down into the coffin and the bell was out in the cemetery. So if you saw a bell ringing, you knew someone had been um, buried alive. Um, cannibalism in the name of medicine, new alternatives to burial and cremation. You, your ashes can be blown into a beautiful glass sculpture, can be pressed into a record, can be um, planted at the base of a tree. Um, and then decapitation and human head transplant. That's always a good one, too. So she's, you know, I, I suppose we're supposed to just like face it, right? Everybody dies. So we may as well talk about it. But um, and so that's the, the, the movement of the order of the good death. But when it's someone you love, you don't want to think about their head on a platter getting a nose job from from um, uh, some sort of a hungover uh, med student that's like showing up at 7 a.m. Uh, I've thought about donating my my body to science, <laughs> but uh, I don't know why that sounds so funny. But because I I know that they return the remains cremated and it's free. Plus, you're maybe helping someone. But my friend Alicia said, yeah, again, I don't want to be that body that these 26 year old yucksters that were out at the bar last night and they still have booze on their breath are like dissecting and laughing and telling jokes and talking about last night's episode of, you know, this is us while I'm just laying there. And it's it's sort of undignified. Right. So um, so I've read two books for you. Caitlin Dowdy's Smoke It's In Your Eyes, uh, Mary Roach's Stiff. 
I'm sure there are other books, but you don't want to, you don't want to like submerge yourself into this, but, um, it's just, you know, with the with the death of Peter Tork, and now I'm realizing there's maybe some of you who have no idea who the fuck Peter Tork really is. So do a Google search. Even old Peter Tork was cute. Um, when B. Arthur, okay, so the de- big deaths in my life, big deaths of celebrities, definitely when I was in high school, when Betty Davis died, no one knew how to approach me. And then Divine, I think, died 31 years ago yesterday at the age of 42. So um, she she died and I was in high school. And I remember my um, friend Jenny Brooks called me to break the news to me. And oh, how I cried. And I videotaped all, I videotaped Entertainment Tonight when Betty Davis and, and, uh, and Divine died so I could watch the clips over and over again. In memoriam. Uh, and come on, who doesn't love in memoriam to see, you know, who died this year? Whodeadnow.com. And so, uh, yeah. So then um, I think fast forward to when B. Arthur died. And then shortly after, or shortly, yeah, after Rue McClanahan died. Betty White cannot die. This is also a thing. Um, I feel like the the, the earth will sh- shift on its axis when um, when Betty White dies. I think she's 97. Please live to be 141. I want to live to be 100 because uh, I want to see Jackson into middle age. I think I've said that before. Um, so I've got to figure out how to wrap this up. <clears throat> Let me think here. I'm going to think a lot. I used to, when I first started, this is my 30th episode of Babe, guys. Babe. 30. Babe turns 30. Um, I used to edit the fuck out of it. All my breaths and my and ums and my so's. Um, oh, this is hysterical. Jan Michael Vincent died, you guys. <laughs> it's not funny, but my friend Sue from work, the one who broke the Peter Tork news, just texted me. They just appeared on my screen on my, my laptop. Jan Michael Vincent died. <laughs> Oh, my God. Nothing could be more perfect. I mean, he was on his way long ago. Oh, Jan Michael Vincent. He was so hot. I said to my coworker, Michael, is it sadder when a hot person dies? I don't know. Like Luke Perry, if he were like fat and ugly, would we care as much? I don't know. When the hot die, then you're really faced with some questions. But, oh, it looks like this just in. It's 11.16 a.m. Uh, it's March something. And Jan Michael Vincent died. And I just got who the who did now dot com just sent me a, a, a blip. Oh, my God. Well, maybe that's how I'll end this. <laughs> people die. How many people die every second? Two. Did I say? Uh, so one of them was Jan Michael Vincent. Who will die next? I, I don't know. However, this is what I I have learned, that you really can't focus. Like, so this guy who died walking into work uh, at my friend, my friend's work yesterday at the front door of a hospital. Uh, Let's not focus on the way people die. Let's focus on the way they lived. Right. People say that all the time. So if, if people have a horrific death. Um, you tend to focus on the the details of of the accident or the ho- the horrible tragedy, but um, you know people who died in in uh, in the World Trade Center and in, in, in at the Pentagon, like what you just focus on that that's how they died. But focusing on how people lived, let's try that. Okay, 
Let's be less afraid of death. Maybe read those books or check out Caitlin on uh, on uh, Ask a Mortician. On my voice is kind of low today. What is that about? Um, so do that. Uh, you can also um, really work on mindfulness and being present. So when I when I when I fall asleep with my son, I really sort of and I've been doing this since he was an itsy bitsy baby. I really just try to like memorize his face, like I really I, and feel him breathing and 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 remember what that's like. Cause even, Oh, the concept of my Jackie not living forever. Like, is he going to die someday? He can't, it's, it cannot happen. I'm telling you this. Well, it looks like I'm right back to where I started. I cannot accept death in any form, even though we're all born to die. As my dad said. Um, so I guess I'm just leaving you with, you know, just fucking appreciate every minute of life because when we make plans, God laughs. And I've just been trying to be um, really present and and hope, because there's no resolve here. I, I'm not cured of this. I, I hope that when a loved one, when my mother, my father, my husband, my son, if, if I'm alive and they die, I hope I can pull my shit together and and make sense of it and and keep keep on keeping on i have said a million times that if anything were to happen to any of those people i would <laughs> quote hurl myself into their open grave doesn't that sound healthy yeah that's great uh but i probably won't do that um i want to I would continue to live and as hard as that would be and uh you know if we can live in a world without peter tork I think, and we are, you are, you're living in a world without Peter Tork right now and without Jan Michael Vincent. <gasps> I'm awful for laughing. I just so fucked up that that came through while I'm doing a podcast about people texting me about dead celebrities. Crazy town. So um, live life and, and be strong and, and try to not be death phobic like I am. I'm just, this is pretty much my way of telling you I have a death phobia and I say be careful a lot. So with that said, I'm going to make plans while God laughs and, uh, and take a shower. So I hope I don't die in the shower. If I do, I loved you all very much. Thank you for listening. Babe, I love you. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Please don't die. Okay, uh, two more stories. I totally forgot. These are these are sort of good ones. Um, one time I was watching TV and they said, the oldest living member of the cast of Gone with the Wind, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so I went to Wikipedia and this person was really old. And I was looking at, uh, you know, Wikipedia has the birth their birth date and they were born, you know, in, in I don't know, uh, 1912 at the time. And then while I was reading their fucking Wikipedia page, their death date appeared. And it was that day, like they, they literally died while I was reading. <laughs> reading their their bio on wikipedia so i went and checked another source and yeah lo and behold that shit goes up quick when they die so i feel like i kind of killed that person and then um we my friend alex and i joke that um we uh we really love the twilight zone and we watch the twilight zone marathon on new year's eve and one of our favorite episodes uh, is the one called Af the after hours where the mannequin comes to life and um, gets a day to be a human. And Anne Francis, who uh, was a, had a brief role in funny girl and also uh, 
Well, she's been in a lot of things, but she was also Dorothy's friend, Trudy, who faked her own death in uh, The Golden Girls. But anyway, we were like, oh, my God, Anne Francis, Anne Francis. Did you know she her role was cut from Funny Girl? Oh, my God, Anne Francis. Did you hear that she was this stuff, Anne Francis? And then guess what? The next day, Anne Francis died. We killed Anne Francis by talking about her too much. Have you ever done that? You're talking about a celebrity or somebody so much, and then you find out that you killed them by talking about them too much? I, I, it's happened to me. We killed Anne Francis, and I feel like I also killed the oldest living uh, cast member of Gone with the Wind. I have the power to kill with my thoughts. Okay, I guess that's a uh, that's it. I keep thinking of more things because uh, you could really talk about death all day, <laughs> but I won't. But I I will say that if I see you in public, I'm going to make you swear uh, not to die, and we'll like we'll we'll pinky swear on it, or we'll hug, or we'll make a pact. Okay, so please don't die. I love you. I promise I'm done now. I'll talk to you later. Bye.